Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. Embrace the ugly. Carlos, me and Carlos say that all the time. You got to embrace the ugly. Like, rest in peace of Nipsey Hussle, he had a quote and said, hey, sometimes you just gotta cut out all the fun, cut out all the bullshit, get ugly, and grind. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. That's the reality of what you have to do. Those days when I was, how I got 332,000 miles on the Saturn view is because I was out here, in it, moving around every day, doing something, working a regular job and doing this for no money. Hot breath. Yo. What up, Hot breath Averse? Welcome back to the Hot Breath Podcast, your weekly guide to comedy mastery. Yes, it is I, your host, comedian Joel Byers, and you know what time it is. Hot Breath. <sighs> I bring you this brief intro just to welcome you aboard, all of our new listeners. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. We hope you enjoy us. Please, we are on episode or hot breath episode 190. We have had incredible interviews with not only today's guest, but Cedric the Entertainer, Robert Kelly, Lunell, so many. So if you enjoy this, definitely go back through and see all the amazing episodes we have on all podcasting platforms, including YouTube. If you want to see the video of this, go subscribe to our YouTube page, Hot Breath Pod, or check out our website, hotbreathpodcast.com, for more shows and blogs and ways you can get merch and even how you can get the cool water that we talk about in this episode. You can actually get your own as well if you go to hotbreathpodcast.com. So all that being said, hot brethren and sisterin, if you do enjoy this episode, just reach out to my guest. Let him know that was a dope episode. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for being on Hot Breath. And that's how we grow here, is just by sharing. So sharing is caring, and I care about your time. So I will see you in the outro with some exciting news. But now, there is only one thing left to do. And that is inhale a hot breath Game with Chico Bean. A lot of the core is just comedy fans and just comedians in general. Okay. So it's all pretty much education based. So you can't leave out any details on how you got to where you are, or things you learned the hard way, or things like that. Okay. Cool. Got you. Awesome. All right. Well, let's let's jump in. Is the audio still going? Or is the video still on? Or is the audio still going? Is the video still on? Cool. So uh, let me just, uh, I'll just welcome you to the show and then we'll kick it off. All right. My bad, brother. No, you're good. And that, that's for you as well. That's Hot Breath Water. Exclusive. Hot Breath Water. Hot Breath Water. Yeah, it's got the, uh, it's got the logo on there. That's what it is. You got your own water. You're we're, winning, man. for you. It's all for you, man. So here we go. Hot Breath Verse. Welcome back to another Hot Breath episode. I am your host, comedian Joel Byers. 
This is Hot Breath, your weekly guide to comedy mastery. And today's guest, hot brethren and sisterin, not only a master of improv, not only a master of stand-up comedy, but also a master of mindset. This is a cat, lost his dad at two years old, grew up in D.C. in what they call the shadows of the U.S. Capitol, since been able to create his own success through a solid foundation with family, but also through a solid foundation of mindset. Went to college, graduated, jumped right into comedy, and now we see him as a comedy superstar, but he didn't just roll over one day and become that. This cat actually lost his job, then the next week actually books Wild and Out, but not after having to fly to a Wild and Out audition after selling his clothes at Plato's Closet to be able to buy the flight to get there. So this is going to be an example of if you put your mind to it, you can achieve it, but it's also putting in the work. So he has since wild and out, of course, since 85 South Show, and now Hot Breath Podcast. Listen, man, let me just say, whoever your research person is, is amazing. All right. All right. That's how you end up getting your own water. Yeah, yeah. When you got good research people. You know what I mean? I need to get more white people working with me, man. <laughs> Get all Yo, this is, all, this is all me right now. Yeah. Exactly, and you're a white person, so that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Just giving you your props, but yeah, man, I appreciate it. Man. I like what you're doing here, man. I appreciate it's awesome. it. It's awesome. Yeah, we've had uh, we've had Carlos Miller on here a couple times. We've had Clayton mm -hmm. English on here. We've had uh, Chad. We've yeah, had the 85 family. squad out here. That's what it is. Appreciate so now you. we got Chico. We got here. me. That's what it is, man. I'm happy to be here with you. So I would really like to dive into your your mentality behind what you do, because mm -hmm. in researching you. You are one of the funniest people alive, but then when you hear you in interviews, you're always spitting wisdom. You're all, you have, you know, brother knowledge, if you will. Yeah, it's just, that's just, a, you know, uh, mm -hmm. all, everything that I do is kind of, a ref, not even kind of, is a reflection of who I am as a person, how I grew up. Like, you have a lot of people who, you know, take uh, negative experiences and, and they let it affect them, you know, and detrimentally. Like, mm -hmm. I choose not to. Everything that I've been through is you know just a reflection of who i am and what makes me unique as a person so you know like brother knowledge is just something that came from my head you know i grew up around my uncles so uh, i had two uncles that were actually in the nation of islam so um just that influence and seeing those guys as a young man and how serious they were about the things that they say and as funny as the videos are it's always a real message within them mm -hmm. and um you know most of the knowledge that i received from them always came that way because me being a young man they knew they couldn't give it to me in a in a manner in which i wouldn't be able to comprehend it so they were able to give me you know understanding through a level of me being able to comprehend the message that they had so you know it's just me kind of paying homage to one of those things that you know help make me the person that i am when it comes to me being me you know what i mean and people are striving and me personally as well you know i'm not aiming for the middle with right. my stand-up or this podcast or anything right. so someone and you're by no means at like the peak at all and we no, both know no, no, we're just getting started and that's what's amazing is you haven't even really been in the game that long no, in terms all. of this being a lifelong journey right so what do you attribute to like such a quick rise like is it the mindset is that the secret sauce and i don't even really think it was a quick rise uh to be honest with you because in this game a lot of people believe that your journey starts when they start caring about it hmm. and that really doesn't work like that your journey starts when it starts once people start to pay attention to it then that's when they 
kind of give you the credit for kind of starting the race. And that's respectable because that's the way things go. But for me, my journey started when I got on stage for the first time at the open mic night in Greensboro, North Carolina at the Comedy Zone. So from that point until me sitting here with you right now is all a reflection of the journey that I've been on and continue to walk. So, you know, I did my first four minutes in uh, 2008. So I've been going ever since 2008. I just put a post up yesterday that, uh, you know, said that you're just talking about my car used to break down. I had a Saturn view yeah, when I traded yeah. it in. <laughs> it had 332,000 miles on it. Uh, I took it to trade it in, and the guy from the dealership came out and was like, look, man, you ain't got nobody you can bless with this, man. <laughs> we ain't, ain't going to be able to give you nothing for it. Man. I'm sorry. So those are the things that people don't see. You know, me having to walk home from the repair shop two miles because my car broke down mm -hmm. and a pair of hard bottoms because I was leaving my line brother's wedding. <laughs> and it made me have a different respect for Martin Luther King and them. I'm like, if they did this daily, I respect them for being able to walk in dress shoes. Like, mm -hmm. this is not the task that I would want to take on every day for freedom. So those little things that you learn over time, uh, you know, the things that make you appreciate the journey that you're on. Because for me, I realize now that the point that I'm at now in my walk, what keeps me humble and understanding of the, the work that I do is that all of the things that would be considered to be nuisances or problems in my life now, six, seven years ago would have fixed everything that I had going on. They would have been the solutions. Oh, I got to had to pay $3,000 in flights for the next month. Seven years ago, $3,000 would have changed my whole situation. Right. You know, so it keeps me understanding of the importance of being able to recognize, you know, you have an obligation to yourself first and foremost to make sure that you have peace of mind. And then you also have an obligation to your craft to make sure that you never take anything for granted because, you know, I respect people's journey who go up the elevator. I mean, it's cool. You know what I mean? I, however you get there, I'm not concerned with anybody else's journey but my own. But... I respect the fact that I walk up the steps and I'm continuing to walk up the steps mm -hmm. because I would, you know, I much rather not saying that it's anything wrong, whatever works for you is for you, but I much rather go up the steps than go up the elevator and have to walk down the steps because when you got to walk down the steps, then it's a whole side and process of this game that you don't know about. But when you're coming up, you meet all the people on the steps and you learn how to navigate your way through, you know, the trips and falls and, you know, you see all of those different things on your way up, you know, mm -hmm. and the hands that you shake on the way up. These are people who take the same journey as you take. So you build relationships with people that will always be able to utilize what you do and vice versa. So, you know, that's just the way it works. So, I, you know, I haven't been in the game for a long time in comparison to what they say it takes to really become a superstar. We, I'm a baby in the game. But yeah. as far as my journey, I really started walking up the steps the whole way. So, you know, where I am on the steps might not be what somebody may believe I should be or somebody might not think that it's, you know, you're as successful as you could be. But luckily for me, I don't base what anybody else thinks on what it is that I do. And that's what I admire about your your approach to it as well is because I, I say it was quick because I've been in the game nine years. Right. So I started 2010. So it's like thinking, well, in nine years, it's like, oh, someone like Chico was already like here. You mm -hmm. know, it's, it's, it's easy in this game to start comparing yourself to other yeah, people. Yeah, you shouldn't. You yeah. shouldn't compare yourself to anyone else because nobody's journey is yours but yours. Mm. And it, it can become difficult not to because, you know, you, you're basing your success off of what you believe success to be in the industry that you're in. And, um, you know, I... I can respect people who don't know how to navigate out of that. But for me, you know, like I said, my background is really, really different. I've never been the same as anybody else, you know, so I've always had to learn how to operate within a space that was unique. 
Like I said, my father was killed when I was two. Mm-hmm. Most of the males in my family were involved in some type of illegal, illicit activity. You know, my mother didn't graduate from high school. You know what I mean? Like, all of these things made me a unique person. And I always had to embrace the fact that I was unique. Like when sometimes when my friends would be outside playing football and basketball in the street, I would have to walk to the Safeway, the grocery store with a cart and get all the groceries for the house and walk past all my friends playing outside, which I had to learn how to embrace because I didn't have a choice. So you have a choice in life when you have to do things that you can't control. Like we all have responsibilities that you don't have any option as to whether or not you have to complete. You got to pay your bills, you got to drink water, you got to bust nuts, shit like that. (laughs) You know what I mean? So (laughs) it's like those are the things that you have no control over. And anything that you have no control over, in my opinion, the best way that you can embrace those things is to take the things that you do have control over and make them and cater them to you in the best way possible so you don't have to worry about the stress of those things causing you to be negligent in things that you can't control. So Mm -hmm. that was something that I was able to do and had to figure out very early in my life. Like it wasn't something that I had a choice in. So me having to figure those things out young kind of prepared me for what it is that I'm doing now. You know, we live in a time where you can give your opinion publicly and privately at the same time. You can tell me how unfunny and ain't shit I am without me even knowing what your face looks like. So me having to go through life and learn the things that I learned as a young man prepared me for the industry that I'm in now because I'm not affected the same way that other people are affected by those things because I've had to do it when nobody knew me but the people who knew me. And Mm -hmm. I still had to engage in, you know, life amongst those people and still be cool with having to, you know, complete tasks that were given to me by somebody who I didn't have a choice as to whether or not I was going to do it or not. So that's where the mature mindset Yeah, comes yeah, from definitely, definitely, answer. definitely. Because, you know, I, I see people all the time who, you know, allow things that happen to them to be used as an excuse to mm. not, you know, do whatever it is that Victim, their task. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, this happened to me and I'm from this place and I did. None of that matters. You know what I mean? And that's just my personal opinion, but don't none of that matter. Nobody cares about your plight. Only you care about your plight, and only you will ever be able to care about it in the capacity that you, you know, ever going to be able to make any real change about it. So for me, I understand that there's no way for me to be able to be successful if I'm not basing the success off of what I believe success is, mm. not what the society believes success is or what the person next to me believes success is, I have to establish my own success. So therefore I can relish in the things that mean something to me and that'll carry you throughout the cloud of, you know, comparing yourself to people or not getting that opportunity or getting told no and all of that. All of that, you know, it doesn't matter because once you establish your successes, it doesn't matter if anybody else looks at your success and says it's not where it's supposed to be. So is that something you would recommend comics do starting out is establish what success is to yes, you? Yes, yes, okay. definitely. Establish what you want and don't make it vague. Oh, I want to be the next Kevin Hart. Or right. I want to be the next Bill Burr. Or I want to be the... N- There's already a Kevin Hart and Bill Burr. So how are you going to do what you need to do to become the first you? You know what I mean? And it doesn't have to look the way that people say it looks. You know, I'm, I live in North Carolina to this day. I went to 
college in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and I still live there. When I graduated college, I didn't want to go back to D.C. because I knew once I established that I was going to do this for a living, once you start to hit those pitfalls, it's a little different when people that know you are inquiring about your, you know, well-being. You know, if a stranger says, oh, you ain't shit, you shouldn't be doing this, okay. But when your mom is like, baby, what's going on? You know it's not coming from a place of malice. She's really concerned about mm -hmm. your well-being. So, therefore, you have to make sure that, well, at least I had to make sure that I didn't, allow that to affect me because I didn't know how it would because I never dealt with that before. But I have dealt with, you know, my mom influence on me. And I know, and I'm just using her as an example just because that's probably the, the biggest opinion that I accept in my life as far as somebody who's, who knows me. I've never felt or experienced what it felt like to have her see me fail in a manner where there was nothing to fall back on but my own merit. If I mm -hmm. failed at school, it was, you know, a curriculum that wasn't being followed. If I failed at sports, it was a curriculum that wasn't being followed. When it comes to making your dreams come true, there is no curriculum. You know what I mean? There is no blueprint. So you have to create it. I'm creating a blueprint for me and my family name. You know, mm -hmm. so I, I didn't know how I would deal with my mom seeing me, you know, catch them L's that you catch doing this as a, you know, career and looking and like, you know, Babe, you don't have to go through this. You're good enough to do anything, do something else. So I stayed where I didn't know anybody and had to make it work. And, it's, you know, North Carolina is not a hotbed of talent. Nobody's really coming there to look for talent. There's plenty of talent there, just like there's plenty of talent everywhere, but it doesn't have the name of a New York or L.A. or mm -hmm. Atlanta. So if you can make a name for yourself in that space, then you're doing something. So that's the way I challenge myself, and I still live there now because – it provides a level of peace of mind to me that I can't find anywhere else, and I'm totally fine with that being the case. When you establish your success, do you like do you have it written down somewhere, or like uh, how clear yeah. is the vision? I mean, know? I I started out writing five point plans for myself. Right? Okay, and this is just something I learned from just coming from the community that I came from and the guys that influenced me growing up. I would five years five points and I can't move from one to two until I complete one you okay. know what I mean so I started in 08 and I suppose I give myself five years to complete these things and now I'm on what you know I've been doing this coming up on 11 years in August and I'm on what my fourth five-year plan because I've accomplished the things that I wanted to accomplish Whoa. that many times already so it's like I challenge myself every day you know, every single day that I wake up, I challenge myself to become a better version of me. I want to be the best version of Chico Bean that I can be on a day-to-day -day basis. And the way that I do that is by developing a program that's based on who I am. First, figuring out what that means. Figure out who you are as a person. Embrace it, whatever it may be. You might get scrutinized or criticized, but as long as you're not hurting yourself or hurting anyone, whatever it is you do is cool. So once you figure out what those things are, embrace that, then it becomes easier for you to find the level of success for you because you're basing it off of you and mm. you took that journey of figuring out who you are as a person. I think a lot of the reasons why comedians get lost in the sauce when it comes to this game is because they're basing their self-worth off what they believe other people base self-worth off. But it shouldn't work like that. If, it's, if something's not for you, it's not for you. But if you're chasing it, even if you accomplish what it is you're chasing, once you accomplish it, it's gonna really fuck you up 
because when you get there, you're going to realize I did all this work for some shit that doesn't even satisfy me in any capacity. So now you, you know, lost because you feel like I've, I've gotten there. I'm successful now because I got, you know, a show or whatever. I'm doing this. I'm headlining. I'm making money. But you don't have any inner peace. You don't have any type of knowledge of who you are. So mm -hmm. now that you've accomplished this goal, whatever your goals may be, if you're not basing it off who you are, when you get to that point, you're going to realize I didn't waste it however many years of my life chasing a goal that wasn't even my goal to accomplish. You know what I mean? And it seems environment's very important and surrounding yourself with people. I've done over 170 of these episodes mm -hmm. and it seems a common theme with successful people is they surround themselves with like people in that higher self mindset. Yeah, but that I've been blessed in regard to that as well because when I came in the game, as far as when people start caring, and I'll say that's when we got on Wild and Out. Okay. Me and Los came in at the same time. And, you know, Los is older, been in the game longer, and has been a mentor in a lot of ways, but we mentor each other in a lot of ways and just in life. But to come from nothing with a person, I'm talking about walking up and down the street, going to Western Union to send $50 home and washing your clothes in the basement of the hotel, to being able to do what we're able to do now at this point is just a reflection of it doesn't matter what point you're at in regards to the people you surround yourself with to answer your question as long as you surround yourself with somebody else who has the same mentality in regards to who they are mm. I love who I am those are the people I want to be around I don't care what you do but if you you and you embrace who you truly are and you stand on it like hey this is what I like this is what I don't like take it or leave it those are the people that I want to be around because I can learn something about life that I can't learn living my own because I'm living mine the same way you are. So when we come together, we're teaching each other about the world based on reality. And that's how you build that energy that ends up attracting the type of success that you want in your life. And to finding yourself sounds... It mean it sounds like oh I just find myself Do no, you, like write journey. down it's like, a journey like right, where I came from yeah like, no nah, it's, it's a journey it's a journey like I I've been through a lot of things in my life you mm -hmm. know a whole lot of things that most people you know wouldn't be able to handle you know I've seen those things that you see in movies and stories I've really witnessed and lived through those type of things so life is different for me one of the first things I had to learn how to deal with in life is death because my father got killed when I was two years old so once I came in an understanding of who I was that's the first thing that I had to recognize and acknowledge mm -hmm. that the person that is supposed to be here is not here and never will be so learning to accept that alone makes you find something within yourself that's different but throughout life I've dealt with that many many times over you know my uncle Reggie was killed in 02 Cousin Dirk, I can, you know, I don't even want to get into the yeah. long list of names and, and situations, but all of those things have made me look at life differently than most people look at life. I don't view life the same way as everybody else. I understand how it works from a different perspective. I know what it feels like to have somebody say, I'm going to see you later, and you never see them again. You know what I mean? So I'm always looking to figure out who and what I am on a day-to-day -day basis because I went to my father's gravesite for the first time when I was 21 years old. He was buried in the older part of the graveyard. The lady took me back over to where he was buried at and pointed at the grass and said, he in this area somewhere. And I'm like, damn, I don't even know if I'm going to be talking to the right motherfucker. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and 
that was just the natural thought of what I had. And right. most people would have been devastated. But me going through life, having to figure that out so early, it was something that I accepted and had to figure out at that moment of how I was going to embrace this being a reality going forward. And the reality is, whatever this man had done in his life up until that point when someone took it, hadn't been enough to garner himself a marker to let the world know that he was here. Mm. So my job and this being my reality is to do my best to not have this be my reality going forward, you know? And those things made me have to find out who I was a little bit differently than everybody. Well, a lot of people, I ain't gonna say everybody because I'm sure a lot of people have journeys that are just as unique, but that was one of the things that made me have to figure out who I was truly because that's my reality. I've never had a basketball game or a fight or a show or nothing that this person was present for. And when I went to go be present to where the remains that he left here were, there was no way of me even finding out where that was. Mm -hmm. So at that point you have a choice. You can either sulk and feel sorry for yourself and be like, woe is me. Or you can say, well, all right, I have a responsibility to make sure that whatever I do here is going to not only just leave a marker, but leave a marker that lasts way longer than once they put me in the grass or wherever they put me at. Yeah, and I have found that long-term perspective of, okay, what will this look like in five years or 10 years? And Mm -hmm. that self-awareness that I'm I'm being more mindful of trying to hone in on self-awareness and Mm -hmm. conduct my decisions based around who I am and where I want to be. So like, personal example for me, and you may have one, is like, I got offered like a TV show where I was paying a, I was playing a slave master and I was like, yo, in like five years, I'm not going to want to be like, this was my debut that I played like a slave master, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like having that self-awareness and that long-term view of like, okay, this may be a little bump now, but it may be like a pothole later. So right. it's like always having that long-term view seems to be helpful. Well, I think it's all perspective, man. I really believe that. I believe the world is based, everything is based on perspective because it's always another way of looking at whatever it is that you got going on. Because the energy that you put out is what you're going to receive. So mm. let's say you did play a slave master. Look at the reality of it. You would have probably been a slave. You wouldn't have been a slave. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like the to be able to explain that to people if you ever needed to, which you don't because you don't have to explain yourself to anybody but the people who you allow to have influence in your life. So you have to, that's another thing. You have to be very selective and strategic on picking those people whose opinions you allow to affect your actions. But once you get that established, then, you know, that's an opportunity that you, if you did take it, you're like, hey, this is the reality of what the history is, and I was given this opportunity, but there aren't slaves anymore. Not a slave master. I can never be a slave master, but I can play one on TV. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's all about the way that you look. And I said that the way that you did it was wrong, because if that's the way you were supposed to do it, then you did what was right for you. But it's all perspective. Because the same way that you didn't take that role. Whoever took it had the perspective of, you know, shit, whatever, I'm, I need this. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah, some yeah. people might have just needed it for the money or some people might have needed it for the opportunity. Some people just like, I'm going to challenge myself. I'm so against that to be able to put myself in the position of being something that I would never agree with is, you know, a challenge for people who entertain. So I can understand all perspectives, but for me, I just really think that you know, the energy that you put out into the world is going to draw back the results that you 
you know, want to see or don't want to see. So as long as your energy is right, then you're going to be able to accomplish whatever it is you're setting out to mm -hmm. accomplish. You know what I mean? That's what I appreciate about your game is you understand the art of the independent hustle yeah. and creating your own success. And now with the internet and everything, comedians can do that more than ever. Right. So like, what are some ways or tips you have for comics who, who should um, or who could just build their own foundation? Well, it's easier now than it's ever been because, you know, 20 years ago, if this was, you know, my reality, I would be all of us really, especially the people on Wild and Out, just to use that as an example, would be a whole lot more famous if the internet didn't exist. Because if the internet didn't exist, the access to us would be a whole lot less, you know, than it is now. So you think when In Living Color was on, like they were superstars because the odds of you being able to have contact or interact with them or let them know how you feel about them, whether it be negative or positive, was very difficult. You had to write a letter and then get a letter back and then write another letter, mm. and then, you know what I mean? Like, it's different now. Now you have direct access to anybody. Beyonce is the biggest star in the world, but you can go on her Instagram page and type a comment in her comments, and the odds of her seeing that are a whole lot more than the odds of her seeing a letter 20 years ago and 15,000 letters a day. Mm -hmm. So just utilize that aspect, and whatever it is you want to do, I don't care what it is. If you want to be a comedian, if you just want to be an Instagram entertainer, start. That's the biggest thing. Most people just sit around and don't start. You can talk a hole in your head, but until you start putting forth the effort, the universe ain't going to give you nothing back because you haven't given it anything to work off. So you got to put forth some type of effort. Just I tell people that all the time. People come up and be like, I want to be a comic. Uh, well, have you done any stand-up? I don't care where you do, especially college students. We do a lot of colleges, and they were like, man, I want to be a comedian. I'm like, man, you're in college. They have to utilize funds to let you do what you want to do. Do it while it's free, because once you leave here, nothing's free anymore. Mm -hmm. Everything costs money. Mm -hmm. So the best thing you can do while you're here is utilize this place who is put here to help advance you as a human being and do it. For nothing, when it doesn't cost you anything and you learn the game. So when you get out here and have to use your money, you've already built some type of foundation if you have a skill set at it that's going to follow you and it makes it a little bit easier for you to get out here and start to press and push your envelope because you've already started in a place where it didn't cost you anything and, and that pressure of financial stability wasn't on you. Mm -hmm. You don't have that when you're a college student. And for those people who aren't and just trying to do it on their own, you can go to Rite Aid and buy a cell phone, you know what I mean? And you can go to Starbucks and get Wi-Fi. So it's really no excuse now for you not to be able to put forth some type of effort. You, you can't cheat the game. You have to put in the work. You have to get out here and put your feet on the pavement and do something. And once you start doing something, then you'll start to see the results of you doing something. And mm. you got to be able to recognize what success is. Because even if you, you know, go from i remember the first instagram post i put up got 12 likes <laughs> you know what i mean and i was excited about the fact that i got 12. It didn't show all the names anymore and now just just the number, the number yeah, you yeah. know what i mean but <laughs> that's the difference that was the first 12 and i was excited about that first 12 and i embraced that first 12 to get to the next which was 24 and then you know 36 and then on and on and on but the only way that happened is 
putting the effort forth and embracing the moment that you are in. Like the walk is the walk. You got to embrace the ugly. Carlos, me and Carlos say that all the time. You got to embrace the ugly. Like rest in peace and Nipsey Hussle, he had a quote and said, hey, sometimes you just got to cut out all the fun, cut out all the bullshit, get ugly and grind. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the reality of what you have to do. Those days when I was, how I got 332,000 miles on the Saturn view is because I was out here in it, moving around every day, doing something, working a regular job and doing this for no money, just to get myself in a situation where my energy is starting to match what I need to come back to me because I'm putting forth the type of effort that people are going to see even if you don't like what I do if you're watching I'm gathering all of that and it's helping propel me to the next step and the only thing that getting to the next level in anything that you do it just gives you a better view of what you can get to Mm. you know what I mean it's like if you can't see over the edge when you finally get up over the edge then you see everything that's over the edge so the more you climb and grow it never stops you know what I mean in the things that you chase never stopped jay-z just became a billionaire but he's still working bill gates and all of these different people and you know i don't even everybody that's successful they still work because it's not about the money it's about the view (laughs) it's about what you get to see because the money is just all money to me in my opinion and i say this all the time i hope everybody gets some money so you can see that it doesn't do anything but just makes the things that you can't control easier to deal with. Money is like uh, like a moon bounce kind of, you know what I mean? Like in life, we fall down. And we ain't got no money. When you fall down, you hitting the concrete, mm-hmm. straight concrete, scraping your knees, bust your head open, you know what I mean? Bleeding, got to lick your wounds and get up and you limp into the next thing. But the more money you get now, your moon bounce starts to blow up. So when you fall now, you don't hit the concrete. You just bounce back up. Mm. So that's all it does. It just allows you to be able to buy some shit that you want and not have the things that you can't control that life is going to give you cause you to just break down. You know what I mean? I remember when my car used to break down, that shit used to stress me out because it's like, damn, now I got to come up with $900 to get some ball bearings when my rent is due. Like, what the fuck am I going to do? That's what money does. The stress, it eliminates that aspect. But the more you get, then you just go into a different bracket of stress. So all you're doing is just blowing up your mattress, blowing up your, your moon bounce rather. So when you know you, you fall down or you bump your head or somebody comes, it's just a cushion. But the real success comes from the view. It mm. comes from what you get to see from your work. Like I didn't know that this part of the world existed before I got to this point. And money can't buy you that. Like, money can't buy you the experiences that you have when you really work towards your goal. Like, I've had people who I grew up just idolizing walk up and say my name to me before I can even open my mouth. Chico, what's up with you, man? There's no amount of money that can buy that. That view is what it's about. So it's like once you figure those things out, and once you start to put forth for effort, then that's what the universe will give you if you're really genuine. And like I said, in my opinion, I really believe if you're not hurting yourself knowingly or hurting anybody else knowingly, everything that you do is going to garner you some type of result. Yeah, I'm at a point now in my career where it's, 
the the money is becoming a little bit more of like a factor and maybe a motivator just for the sheer fact of just wanting to start reinvesting it mm -hmm. into everything I'm doing to right. start doing what I'm doing, but just at a higher level. Let me ask you this question. Do uh -huh. you come from money? No. No. No, no. Podunk. Like, I look purebred, but I'm inbred. I okay. ain't got it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? So, yeah. Where are you from originally? Uh, Somerville, Georgia. Somerville, Georgia. Yeah. Okay. Someville. Someville, Someville. Georgia. Someville. Someville. Someville somewhere. I yeah, got you. Yeah. Someville, so, like, Georgia. Parents, okay. educators. So, like, I come from, like, um, like a, a connected and strong background in terms of a service background, you know? Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I don't come from money or anything like that. Okay. But, so, see, even that, like, one thing about financial status is that you know most of us and when i say us i mean black people have never had anything mm -hmm. so it's one thing to get some money but what you gonna do with it when you get it because getting it is a whole lot easier than keeping it hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. to get it you can get some money but how you gonna keep it and it's a whole nother journey that you have to take to learn something that you've never had before it's like if i you know uh if you look at it like this and for some reason, people don't equate it in their minds like this, but I do. But if I walk into a judo class today, I'm going to get the shit beat out of me. I'm going to get tossed around and beat up because I don't know what to do. I have to learn what to do. Money is the same way. If you walk into some money today, you're probably going to get tossed around and get the shit beat out of you because everything that you think works you have no idea. You're just assuming that it works because you never had nothing and you feel like all I need is some money and that's going to fix everything that's going on with me. And it'll fix a lot until you realize that what you need to be fixed can't be paid for. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like I'm for financial stability just because I like to have the moon bounce. I like to have that ability to be able to eliminate stress for my loved ones and not have the problem of worrying about, oh, man this happened or this happened. That's the beauty of financial stability to me. The beauty of having some money is being able to, you know, if something happens and you know, like fucking toilet breaks or your sink breaks down, oh, it's gonna be a thousand dollars, cool. That, just that. Right, cool. exactly. That's the beauty of having money to mm -hmm. me. Other than that, everything else is something that's way bigger than any, um, dollar amount can ever give you that's where the real work comes in to get those things to be in a place where you could be on a bus in australia like i was and had people walk up to you in a on a metro bus in australia which i probably didn't have no fucking business being on anyway but i'm just goofy like that mm -hmm. walk up <laughs> and show you a video on their phone of them watching you do the work that you do Jeez, it's amazing and i'm in australia being paid to be there to shoot a pilot for a show that never came out. Mm -hmm. So does that mean that I'm not successful because it never came out? Or am I successful because I got the opportunity to go to the other side of the world and work and get paid for it? It's all perspective. It's all on how you look at it. When you're scrapping together, how important is saving versus reinvesting in like what you're doing? Uh, you got to invest in yourself. You got to spend money on, you know, whatever it is you do. But it's levels to that. It's different elements to that. Like I have been a person who has been in the fashion my whole life just because I grew up in a house with a lot of people who will fly. And that's just something that I, that I picked up on. And that's an investment into me because I'm a performer, clean and neat. That's what my auntie used to tell me. Hmm. 
you can accomplish anything in this world along as long as you clean and neat. As long as when somebody sees you, they look like you, you can start a conversation with anyone. And if what you have on and what you look like is natural for you, like I just got on a you know black sweat top and some black shorts, but it's genuine. I'm comfortable. Mm -hmm. So when I walk up and shake your hand, you're not looking at me as a threat because my energy matches. It's clean and neat. And so you can establish whatever you want to establish based on that. Now, that's an investment into what I do. But whatever it is you got going on, you know, you got your own camera, your own right. microphones. Goddamn. <laughs> you know what I mean? All of that is an investment into mm -hmm. yourself. And saving is... It's important, but everybody always say you should save for a rainy day and, you know, the rainy days and, and that's cool. But what are you going to do if you got the money and the rain comes and it doesn't help? You're going to lose it all because you're going to think you got to spend it. Oh, I must not be spending enough or I must not be saving enough to feel comfortable. You can't, have, you can't put your... In my opinion, you can't put your, your, your interest in just having financial success mm -hmm. because as important as financial success is, especially in America, you got to have some type of peace of mind to go with that. So, you know, save some money in order to invest in yourself. But once you invest in yourself, then, you know, you'll, you'll stop thinking about it. Like the thing that I think getting into certain circles does, it lets you realize that conversation is no longer about money when i was broke all we talked about was getting some money hmm. now that i'm not broke anymore we rarely have conversations amongst the people that i'm around about money because it's not even anything to talk about but it takes you to get something to learn that i'm not saying you know listen to this and just think that i'm saying you don't need money you need some money i hope you get some so you can learn how to use that within yourself but once you start to make it for real and make some money, then you realize that it's, it's really not something that people discuss when they don't have to. So the quicker you get out of letting that be the motivating factor for whatever it is you do, then the quicker you'll see that, you know, it's going to come to you. Yeah, and you've been around, I mean, you know, Diddy and like Steve Harvey and all like the 1% of 1% of people right, on this planet. Right. The high end of the high end. Yo. Right. So right. it's like, what, what have you learned? You've seen, you've seen that world. It's like, what have you learned being in that environment that maybe you could share with listeners? I'm a big energy person. Mm -hmm. I believe in I'm not a religious person, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't you know, believe in, I believe in, I believe there's a God, but I don't believe in the religious aspects. Of, believe in of, the glow, I believe it. Yes, right. Now, that's my favorite movie, <laughs> the, the Last Dragon. I got a painting of Bruce Leroy <laughs> hanging over my bed, but... The glow, and that's another person that I would love to meet, uh, Barry Gordy, because just to shake his hand and thank him for giving the game that he gave in that movie. But I believe in energy. Kind of, let's just use that as an example, the mm -hmm. glow. Like, the point of that movie was to let you know that it's already in you. You are the master. You already been the master, but you just had to, the whole movie was him figuring out who he was and the journey that he had to go through to get that. And at the end of the movie, when Show Enough was beating the shit out of him and putting his head in the water, and he lifted him up and said, who's the master? And he looked at him and said, I am. He went through all of the different lessons that he had learned to get to the point of having the glow. But the glow to me is just 
what projects out of you. And the more you become accepting of the fact that you got it, the bigger it gets. Okay. So for me, what I learned the most about being around guys like Diddy and Steve Harvey and Nick Cannon and all yeah. of these different type of people is that I have the type of glow that is uh, comparable to those guys. My energy fits into a space where giants live, you know what I mean? And I'm not there in regards to the status aspect of it, but my energy is enough to fit into a space where all of this exists. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's what I felt about walking into a room and seeing somebody who is like, whoa, you know what I mean? And on the video, if you watch it, Diddy walked up to me and was like, Chico, what's going on, man? You changed your diet? I was like, whoa, not only does this motherfucker know me, he know me well enough to know what I used to look like. Yeah. You know, that right there is, that's the energy to me. Mm -hmm. It's just being able to know that. Because we all got big balls of energy that's in front of us. And you ever, you ever walk into a room and somebody, come, it's like, it's two type of people. It's people that walk into a room and change the energy and it's people who walk out of a room and change the energy. Hmm. So you can be one of the two people. You can be one of the people who walk into a room and the room brightens up, or you can be one of the people who leave out of a room and it brightens up. So to know that I'm one of the people who walk into a room and brighten it up is one thing, but to walk into a room with, with giants and they still smile when they see you and say what's up when they see you, that means that you got, I got the type of energy that I need to keep curating and, and feeding that to get to a point where they are because that's what they did in my opinion mm -hmm. you know what i mean so that's really what i learned the most about being able to be in these spaces that me and the people that i'm surrounded by we have a unique type of and a special type of energy man and the energy that we project is so big at this point that you can share the room with people who will live forever you know what i mean that's that's what is so mind blowing about this eighty five South. I, I don't even know you call it a show. It's like a movement. It's like a revolution. Like the impact that eighty five South is making, not just on the comedy game, but like entertainment. It's like unfounded what you guys are achieving. And I've mm -hmm. talked to Chad, the producer, and Carlos and Clayton. But like, what is your take on eighty five South and why it is having the impact that it has? Uh, one because it's genuine. This is mm. a genuine relationship that we have. Like, Fly came in, uh, what, two seasons after we came in, but he fit right in. And, and just when we communicated with each other, it was just always genuine. So that's the basis of it. Okay. But one of the major things that I think it is, we're in a hotel lobby right now. We are in a hotel are, lobby. This is just, the mud. This yeah, is the come up. This is the, the all the like, way we're in a hotel like, lobby just, and they excited. You know, you guys went from like the studios yeah. to the trap to, yeah. you know, this And is, that's the thing. Like the only way that that can happen is just if it's genuine. You have to be excited about going to do whatever it is you're going to do. Yeah. And one of the major things I think that makes what we do a little different is that we all hold our own in our own right. I got shows in Atlanta this weekend. DC was in Pittsburgh last week. I mean, this yesterday, Carlos is in Cincinnati, Ohio, headlining the Funny Bone all weekend. Mm -hmm. So we all do what we do individually. But we come together 
and get on stage together. You know, Kings of Comedy is a legendary movie, but could you imagine if we got to saw, got to see DL, you know what I mean, said, Bernie and Steve come out together and talk shit together? That's a whole nother movie. Right. You know, so I think that's really what gives people the different feel. You've never seen it done that way before. And it's all improv. The shit be magic to us too. Like we don't practice anything. We get on stage and we go. You know what I mean? We got my man Craig right here yeah, who yeah. we're gonna attest to that. We never sit around and have no meetings about, all right, bro, we in this city, so this what we got. None of that. Because it's so genuine. And like I said, that energy that I was talking about is so strong and it's so genuine that when we get on stage, it's literally magic. So I think that most people can see that. And even the people who may have negative opinions about what we do, because you know, you see all of that, it doesn't that doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Because that is the same type of effect that the positive energy has. Even though you don't like it, it's affected you some type of way. And what it is that we do has made you feel real emotion. So that means it's something special. I heard somebody say that Martin wasn't funny the other day. I looked at him like they was crazy, <laughs> but he was able to sit and have a conversation to me as to why he didn't, which means you watched it long enough to hmm. develop the opinion that you had. So it really doesn't change in regards to the, what I'm giving you or what, what Martin did in regards to giving you that show. He gave it to you, and because he gave it to you, he was able to formulate something that lasted for long after he stopped doing it and still have people having conversations about it right now. And that's the type of energy that we create with the 85, like, God forbid, if we was to stop tomorrow, the things that we've done up until this point, I feel like would be talked about for a long time because people haven't even really grasped the reality of it. Like to go back and watch, like these guys are really doing something completely different. Mm -hmm. So I just think that the reason why we're able to, you know, do what we do, not necessarily the success, because that just came organically, but the reason why we're able to do what we do is because it was just based in a genuine, these are, we brothers, for real. Uh, you know what I mean? We don't sit around and talk about work. We talk about life. You know what I mean? Like, we know each other's children, families. I've been to these people's house and hugged their mothers. And, you know what I mean? Like, all of us. You know, it's just a different type of environment. And for us to be able to have that type of brotherhood and still be able to get on stage and share the light, it's amazing, man. And the 85%ers definitely reflect that. Yeah, they they serious, you know what I mean? They like, are and in it, there. It's, it's, and it's, it's, it's crazy to me because, you know, all around is just a blessing, man. It's just a super blessing because... Like I said, like we've been talking about this whole time, my perspective is different, and Losa's perspective is different, mm -hmm. and Fly's perspective is different. So a lot of the things that will probably cause dissension or cause disruption amongst this process just doesn't affect us the same way. I've seen people, you know, we work in all different types of environments. I've seen how opinions affect people. I've seen people really look at comments that people leave and be truly like, <sighs> deflated. Right. There's no way I can be deflated about anybody's opinion. You are entitled to your opinion, but I'm entitled not to give a fuck about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's whether it be whatever it may be, but none of us allow what they say, quote unquote, to affect what we do. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be me regardless of whether or not you like it or not. You don't have mm -hmm. to like it. But until you decide to get up and do something that's going to stop me from doing what I do, you're going to have to just keep not liking it. But I've seen the people that do like it. it you guys are like the Beatles out there. Yeah, I mean, know? no, it's like, that's the, you have a the crazy people, fan the people who do or anything. The people who do love it, like that's something. No, I I like to look at life in regards to this. You don't have to know what you want. You just have to know what you don't want hmm. and don't like. So as long as you know what you don't like, you're good. The love, you don't even have to it, like that goes without saying because that isn't what somebody's going to need motivation on. So I don't even like to even really discuss those type of things hmm. because you don't need no motivation on how to deal with love. But the negative stuff and the hate that comedians and entertainers get is what I see deflate them. So if I can offer any type of perspective, it'll be based in that because the love is the love. You don't need no preparation for love. Love is love. And whenever you get it, you're going to know it's love. I had a dude in the mall walk up on me, man, literally. Chico, I love you, nigga. I love you. I was like, appreciate you, bro. I'm walking away. He was like, hey, love you, nigga. And it's like, you don't have to prepare for that. You uh -huh. know what I mean? That doesn't take any preparation because you're able to receive that however you receive it. But it's the other stuff that you have to prepare yourself for, the stuff that you don't want. So once you prepare yourself for the stuff that you don't want, everything that you want just becomes that much more magnified because the things that you don't want don't affect your ability to recognize the things that you do. Mm. Yeah. And the, the come up, as, as we'll land this plane here, it, one thing that helps comedians keep perspective is like bombing on stage. Mm -hmm. And I ask every comedian on here like a story of getting booed or like just an unforgettable show that where just everything went wrong. Right. Like, do you have one top yes. of mind? That and this is how crazy it happens for me. Okay. This is how unique I am as a human being. My first show, I used to do the open mic night at the Greensboro Comedy Zone every first and second Thursday of the month, right? So. I went the first Thursday because I'd never been to a comedy club before this point. Like, I didn't grow up thinking I'm going to be a comedian. That was not I, at all. Mm. It wasn't my, in my goals until I started. You're going to be you know a cameraman, I mean? right? No, yeah. I was going to be a, a news anchor. Oh, a news anchor, yeah. Hey, right. Yeah, when I was in college, I thought I was going to be a news anchor. When I was young, I thought I was just going to be a rich, dope-dealing street nigga. Okay. That was it. I thought that was what you wanted to do until my uncle got murdered and I was like, uh oh, yeah, this ain't it. Cause he was a hundred times tougher than I could ever be and I knew that. And I said, well, if that's what his fate was, ooh, I know what they got for me. Mm -hmm. Now I don't wanna have to do that cause I was trained by these people. So I know the reality of being out there in that environment is, you know, you hear people say it all the time, you're going death or jail. But the reality is death or jail like when you see death in jail right next to you, it has a different type of feeling than it does when people just saying it to you. Because if you never experienced it, you don't know what it feel like to have to view a body or to have to, you know, smell a person clothes that's gone forever. You know what I mean? Those little nuances that people don't recognize. Man. But once I got on stage at the second Open mic night, it was the second week after I went to the first show. Four minutes, killed in my mind, which I know now, being in the game, you can't really kill in four minutes. But in that four minutes, I smashed. So at that point, I'm, I'm in it. The very next open mic night, the month after, which is September, I went up with the confidence of Richard 
prior Chappelle, nigga. I'm talking about it was, you couldn't tell me that I wasn't D.L. Bernie Harvey. I'm talking about I was everybody. Mm-hmm. I got on stage and ate a mean. I'm talking about it was me, and for some reason, wasn't it was probably like I say 40, 50 people at the first open mic that I did. This one was packed, all white people. <laughs> and I got on stage talking some shit, and they was just like, and this is the thing, booing is different. Because booing means you've affected the people some type of way. Facts. That means you've invoked some type of emotion to where, boo, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> but when that silence, that means that they don't have a clue how to feel about what you're doing up there. And that silence is nasty. It's two types of silences in comedy that I've learned, at least in my experience, is the silence of, what's next? Mm-hmm. What is he going to say next? That quiet that comes over the room so they can hear everything that you're saying. And then it's that quiet of, who's next? What's next and who's next? I was in the who's next. I mean, they just was like, And that was one of the biggest lessons that I've ever learned. But luckily for me, that wasn't the first time that that happened to me. I'm in a fraternity. Mm -hmm. So I remember me and my uh, fraternity went to Indianapolis to step in the Circle City Classic. And we had this theme where we was like old men. We had these goofy wigs and suspenders and all that. And this was a step show in an arena. Like it was in an arena. And I'm talking about we got no love it was so bad that the people who came from our school were scared to even clap because they didn't want nobody to know we was with them <laughs> so it humbled me once i got off stage that time like ah, oh, no nah, this ain't the thing that's just going you got to work bro you got to work you got to really work and from that moment on i've worked and luckily in that work I already had to establish of, I don't care about what nobody thinks about me. Mm. Give a fuck what you think mm-hmm. about me. You can think whatever you want to think about me. It's on you. God bless you. But I'm going to work. And even if you don't appreciate what I do or don't like what I do, you're going to have to respect the fact that hey, he's doing it. And that's the part that has always kept me in my own pocket, you know what I mean? And being able to be comfortable on stage and being honest on stage because I don't care about what you think about the things that I love, you know what I mean? I know the people who love me unconditionally and I make sure that I do everything in my power to make sure that it stays that way. Everybody else is just somebody who is formulating an opinion based off what I do and you're entitled to that. And I'm gonna continue to do what I do and you can continue to formulate the opinions that you choose to formulate around it, but I'm gonna work. Work. It's what work. it's about, man. We made it. This I is t- what this is. This is what it's about, right here. Like, I, like, how how unique is it to be drinking some hot breath water, nigga? This should probably taste like slob. It's Fontas water. This but is it's very good. Georgia Georgia Mountain Spring water. Georgia Mountain Spring Fontas water. Mountain Spring water. Listen, you got to be from Sunville <laughs> to be able to find <laughs> your own spring. 
That's what I'm saying, man. I don't got to listen, Craig. We ain't got enough white people, man. We got to get some white yo, people. Yo, I'm the plug. So right he's here. the plug. I'm he the got plug a spring. Most niggas got yo. hookups on, you know, fucking rims and shit like that. <laughs> he got a hookup on a spring. Hey, man, come on down to Sunville. We got a spring that you can go down there and bottle you some water up. I got Pure's water way. and whites. So Ooh. whatever y'all need, that's what it is. Hey, 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 man, we with you, man. I appreciate it. this. Is cool, Dude, man. I'm, I appreciate you for having I, me on here. I appreciate you being on here, man. And we've been we've been chipping away at the 85 South gang. We've just got DC left. Oh yeah, so that's gonna is, be a good one, man. You know, so that's good. gonna be a good one. <laughs> like that's definitely gonna be a good one, man. Uh, you know, but this is these type of conversations are necessary, and you know, if I can be any uh, motivation to anyone who's out here trying to pursue this as a career or pursue mm-hmm. this as a dream, my biggest advice would be block out the bullshit, man. Mm. Whatever you consider the bullshit to be, block it out. Figure out how you can block it out. And then once you block it out, start walking and keep on walking. Well, I mean, based on our conversation, would you mind looking into the camera and tell people who you are and why they should listen to Hot Breath Podcast? My name is Chico Bean, and the reason why you should listen to Hot Breath Podcast is because this motherfucker got his own water, all right? Remember how Prince Hakeem had his own money? He got his own water, and he dressed like a real estate lawyer. (laughs) Not a real estate agent. He's a real estate lawyer because he both. You know, you can call him to get a house, and if your back got broken in a car accident. That's why you should watch Hot Breath Podcast because it's unique. This dude doesn't fit any mold of what somebody's supposed to look like, which is the reason why he can bring you all different type of content because, you know, he's not set in any type of way. He's set in work, and that's what it's about. So make sure you support Ink. God damn it. Hot breath. Hot breath water. All right, don't make your breath hot because it's from a natural spring in Sunville that it's only he can get to. <laughs> So that that's it, Hot Breath of Verse. You've heard it from the man himself, Chico Bean. If you enjoyed this Hot Breath episode, reach out to him directly on social media. Let him know how helpful this episode was. At the end of the day, determine what success is to you and then start. Yep. Put in the work. So we appreciate your support here on Hot Breath. If you love us, if you like us, you want to support us, hotbreathpodcast.com is the website. All social media, Hot Breath Pod. JoelBuyersComedy.com. Long story short, we're on YouTube as well if you want to see this man live and in living color. But this is a milestone in this show for sure. I oh, thank have you, no brother. doubt. Thank you so much for being on here, Chico. I appreciate you, man. Thanks man. for the opportunity, brother. We appreciate made it. You. Woo. All right. All right, Hot Breath episode number 190 in the books. If this is your first time or 190th time listening, thank you so much for spending your time with us here at the Hot Breath Podcast. If you found this episode enjoyable, reach out to Chico. Let him know his time was worthwhile spent on this show. And this show is grassroots, just like the 85 South show built up because of its listeners and its followers. That is how Hot Breath is building. If you do want to show support for the show, while also maybe picking up your own Hot Breath water, you can go to hotbreathpodcast.com. There's a tab that's support Hot Breath, and you can see all the different options of how you can support it. One of those options is to get your own signed Hot Breath Podcast water. There's also in the top right a quick uh, donate button. If you just want to drop a few bucks, just... Showing appreciation for all the hard work we're doing here. This is a, a one-man band. We do this every single week. So anyone who has tried to start a podcast, you know 
podcasting is a labor of love. So we also have new merch all on the Hot Breath Podcast website. If you want to connect with me directly, you can go to my website, joelbyerscomedy.com, or on the Hot Breath website, just shoot me a message. It all goes to me. If you want to see me live, I am going on tour this October. I'm going all around the Southeast. I'm going through Louisiana and Arkansas and North Carolina and Tennessee. I'm still booking dates. So if you want to see me live, if you want me to bring either my stand-up or I can come and do a live podcast in your town, don't hesitate to reach out to me on social media at Joel Byers Comedy or just reach out on my website, joelbyerscomedy.com or hotbreathpodcast.com. I love connecting with you. Every week I'm getting messages from all around the world, from Australia and Ireland to Canada to America to South America. This show has been growing and it's been so much fun to connect with you. So please don't hesitate to reach out and don't hesitate to support. Don't hesitate to go to that website and show your support. This is a lot of work and I love you, but my wife keeps reminding me this is also my job. So help me help you help my wife be happy. So all that being said, thank you for your time. We're going to get out of here. But at the end of these, you may know, I always thank my wife, Erin Byers, because she made the theme song, which is why I think she wants me to start encouraging you to show support because she's ready for her residuals. So all that being said, until next Monday, right here on Hot Breath. Hot Breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.